welcome to Books Unbound, the podcast where we unbind books to get to their heart. So with your hosts, me, it's Ariel and Ruben. Also Ruben known as Raylene. is here. <laughs> Raylene, Ruben, in the last episode, you said we got a message from someone named Ruby. And I was like, right. <laughs> Ruby exists. As if that's a name. <laughs> I'm like, it's clearly you trying to pretend to be someone else. Well. That's a pretty bold accusation. <laughs> pretty wild. You know the you know the expression "no use crying over spilt milk." Mm-hmm. I just spilt so much milk. <laughs> Did you cry? So much milk. <laughs> I didn't cry. I spilled it everywhere. I was making a smoothie. This smoothie, in fact, and I like. Okay, so I didn't have very much oat milk left. Okay. So I poured all my oat milk in and I closed the cap and I was like, God, that's not enough. So I put that in the recycling, threw it in the recycling. Yeah. And I was like, I'm going to steal some of my mom's milk. Okay. She li- drinks lactose-free milk. So okay. I was like, I'll just have some of her nice milk. And I start pouring that into the thing and I stop. I'm like, I think that's probably enough. Uh-huh. And then I think, now nah, maybe I'll do a bit more. And in that kind of indecision moment, it <laughs> slipped out of my hand. Oh, no. And it went whoosh everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. Milk was everywhere. And I closed the cap on the thing, and then I just well, I put the bottle underwater to like clean. Actually, I think I forgot to put it back in the fridge. I, I put it on the drying rack. <laughs> Gonna have to deal with that milk in a second. And then, um, I bet you my mom found it by now. And then also, I was like, I guess I have to have to clean this up. And as I start cleaning it, I'm like, there really is no use crying over spilled milk. <laughs> it's no spilt. Point. There's nothing that I can do. <laughs> cleaned it up. So. Wow. That's how I am. What a tale. <laughs> what a tale. Oh my god. Oh boy. <laughs> Help! I'm freaking out. <laughs> Are you okay? <laughs> Not really. <laughs> That's all right. Let's move on. <laughs> Something oh happier. boy. All right. We are going to do some reading confessions today. Today we're doing a reading confessions mm. episode. I love these episodes. They're so much fun. Hell yeah. And we've got some fun problems. From our dear patrons. Yes. So if this is your first time listening, basically our patrons are submitting their bookish woes, confessions, issues to us. And we are responding with the best advice we can possibly give. Yep. Hopefully we're helping. (laughs) God, I hope. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see. It remains to be seen. So shall we dive in really? Let's do it. I'm ready. Let's do it. All right. Up first we have... Paula. Hello, Books Unbound. My name is Paula. I am from Mexico City. And my reading confession is that during the pandemic, I realized I wanted to make some new friends. So since I obviously enjoy reading, I thought I would join a book club. And that's what I did. And and when we read the first book, you know, it was not particularly my taste, but it was okay. Not great, but okay. But then we read the second book and I was the only one in the club who openly hated that book um and then we read the third book and i didn't like that one either so yeah well i guess you can see where this is going we're currently reading our fifth book and i have yet to find a book that i like so since this is obviously a me problem because everyone else in the club seems to be enjoying the books um i was thinking that maybe i should just quit but i don't know i because the main reason why i joined the book club was because i wanted to make some new friends and i've met some really cool people in this club um so I wouldn't like to just leave those friendships behind. And yeah, but I also don't want to keep reading books that I don't like. So I, I don't know. Should I just suck it up and do it for the friendship? I, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, um, any advice would be greatly appreciated. I love the podcast. And if you ever want to come to Mexico City and need a tourist guide, just let me know. Thank you. Okay. So Paula, 
from Mexico City. First of all, offered to be our tour guide if we ever go to Mexico City. I'm putting that in my back pocket. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, interesting book club conundrum going on here. And we actually got two different people with two different book club Mm -hmm. problems so far based on just our reading confessions episodes, really (laughs) joining a book club seems like a bad idea. It seems like it has (laughs) invited a lot of issues into people's lives. A lot of problems, a lot of problems. Um, So, okay, Paula, during the pandemic, wanted to make friends, so she joined a book club. The first book was okay. The second book, she openly hated, but no one else did. Mm -hmm. The third book, she didn't like. And now she's on the fifth book, still hasn't read a book she likes, right? Yeah. So she says, this is obviously a me problem. Should I quit? Should Paula quit the club? The point was to make friends. She has made friends, so she doesn't want to leave those friends. Right. Um... Should she just suck it up, she says. (laughs) Yeah, okay. What do you think? Here's kind of what I am thinking. Okay. Because, Paola, you said that you kind of accomplished your goal of finding the friends, which is what you wanted from the book club. I think that you've gotten what you need from the book club. You can still be friends with those people outside of the book club. And I think that's what you need to do as like level two of this book club scenario is try meeting with like maybe not necessarily everyone all at once but like one or two people here and there like try and make some connections outside of the book club with these people that you have become friends with i think that i agree it's okay to let the book club go at least for yourself they can keep doing the book club if you don't want to participate in anymore you can quit however i also want to say if you are friends Mm. with these people they'll probably be very understanding of you not wanting to read the books um because this often happens so true yeah, with myself and my little group of friends, we have a book club that's like very, very loose and like whatever. It just kind of happens when it happens. But um, oftentimes out of the five of us, there was one person who pretty much never read the books just because she didn't have time. And, you know, she's busy with all this crazy stuff going on in her life, mm. but she still wanted to come and hang out. And so she would come and hang out. And we were like, that's cool. And if your group yeah. of friends is OK with that vibe, like of just having you show up just to hang out, I think that that's totally cool as an option as well um but i think mostly you should just be like happy to just you know be friends with people and let the let the book club go that's kind of my advice um i totally agree so what i wrote down was ditch the club baby yeah there you go (laughs) i and my and then the second bullet point that was the entirety of the first bullet point the second bullet point is it's time for one-on-ones so very similar to what you've said i think that the book club has served its purpose because it at no point in your message did you do, did you say like I wanted to make friends and I also wanted to discover new books. No, you didn't even say that. You were just like mm-hmm. I just want to make friends yeah. and I love books, so yeah. I thought this Goal might be a cool way to meet some people. But so I don't think you care about the books. I don't. You ha- clearly have a rich reading life all on your own. You don't need this book club to help you in that yeah. scenario in that arena. So really, what you were striving for was friends, and I actually think like it's wonderful to make friends because of an activity. But the way to strengthen those friendships is to pull it outside of the activity. Totally. Because you can have great friendships and it can be a great part of your life to be like, these are my book club friends. These are my swimming friends. These are my coffee friends. Like you can have that if you want. But I think the friendships that go even bigger and and deeper are the friends that you do more than just the one original thing. Mm -hmm. Like this was my university friend, but now we 
don't have classes together because we are just friends and so we just do other stuff together yeah. right so i think for me i'd be setting up one-on-ones or a little group i don't know i don't know how many people are in your club or how many of those people you've actually become closer friends with but the people that you really want to stay in touch with i'd just be getting coffee with them um yeah. kind of thing but I had some ideas in case you did want to stay in the club because I I can imagine that it's possible that you're enjoying the vibe of the club. You're enjoying the having all of those people there and you wouldn't be able to recreate that outside of the club. Right. So if you feel like, actually, I kind of feel like I want to stay here. I love your idea, Raylene, of maybe sometimes just don't read the book. Yeah. Like just give up. It's okay. But number one, lead, be the person who leads new initiatives. So for Mm. example, You could be like, hey, guys, I have a really fun idea. We all read this book. Let's all watch the movie. I'll host at my house. We'll do a movie night. Or, hey, guys, love the book club. What if I would love to organize next month for us to do a bookshop crawl together? Or I would love for us to uh, go and see this bookish exhibit at the museum. Like, Be the person who's pushing the book club outside of just book reading meetings um because that way you can hang out with all these people and you don't have to read a book for it and then my other idea was i am so sure that there is a way for you to pitch a book like yeah if you because it kind of sounds like everyone else is picking the books and you're not liking them true i was wondering about that so i think that if you were like there's ways for you to do it really earnestly and you just can be like hey guys i just heard about this book i think it would be perfect for a club would you guys want to do that next who the hell's gonna say no <laughs> like who's gonna say like no we don't want your choice paula <laughs> paula how about you sit down for a second there you're really getting wild with these ideas paula first she wanted to take us to the museum now she wants to pick the book paula's out of control down, um if that happens these aren't your friends <laughs> But yeah, I, I bet you if they're if you pitch it in a happy, fun way, they'd let you pick a book, and then that for that session you would get to read a book you really like. Totally. I also had another side idea, which would be to maybe try yeah. doing buddy reads with smaller groups within, either just yeah. one person or if they're like, cause yeah, we don't know the dynamics of the group, but it's possible <laughs> that there is one other person maybe who also maybe isn't vibing with all of the books in the same way that the rest of the group is, or maybe they're open to trying something totally different. That's like something more like you mm. want to read. So I think maybe exploring little side quest book clubs could totally. also be a thing. Yeah. Well, Paula, I hope that works. <laughs> God, if it doesn't, I'm sorry. Yeah. Please let us know <laughs> what happens. If it helps, helps Paula, there are other people having book club issues. So yes. let's now switch over to Cassie. Hi, Ariel and Raylene. My name is Cassie, and this is my bookish confession. Basically, during the pandemic, I started a book club with my friends from um, high school, middle school. There's about eight of us in our group. Um, we're called Bitches Be Bookin'. And basically, we decided to do this because we want to stay connected, and we do this over Zoom every two months. It's been great, and the only rules, really, to start were to pick um, – each person got to pick a book when it was their turn – Um, And then we all read the book. It's not homework. So if anyone either can't read the book or doesn't want to, then that's fine. And you can join in on the Zoom if you can or want to, or if you're unavailable, that's okay. And everybody's been enjoying it. I've asked people if we want to continue and every time they say yes, they do. Um, So we did a full round and I noticed that everyone was picking pretty much basically um, white authors or American authors and, you know, very much like cis white American authors basically um so for the second round of everybody getting to pick I said hey you know 
I was thinking maybe we should all try to pick something more diverse and that can be anything. I gave no rules or stipulations. I just said, let's try to do a little more variety with our book picks. I suggested, you know, translated or from another country, um, maybe a different, uh, an author of a different race or gender, um, could be on mental health, you know, something going on in the world like climate change, anything really, nothing's, you know, being held back. It's just, I'd like to diversify our, our reads a little bit. It's gone pretty well. Um, some people have followed it and others have not. And now I'm not really sure what to do because I'm debating on, should I say something again? Should I leave it go? You know, should I rearrange this somehow? I'm not an assertive person. Um, so I'm not really sure. And I do like kind of run the book club and keep, keep it going. Um, so I'm just kind of wondering what your thoughts are. If you have any recommendations, am I being like harsh or ridiculous in saying this or thinking this? Please tell me. You won't hurt my feelings. Thank you. I love the podcast. Long time listener. Thanks. Bye. So, Cassie, mm. this is an interesting little problem you've got over here. Yeah. Also, I love the name like, Bitches Be Bookin'. That is too good. <laughs> I, I wrote that down so I wouldn't forget. <laughs> yeah. So the details. Again, started this book club during the pandemic. We're all having to live with the consequences of our choices from the <laughs> pandemic. Um, it's over Zoom. Every two months, the only OG rules were that everyone gets to pick a book, everyone goes around, mm -hmm. and that it's not homework. So you can still join the Zoom even if you haven't read the book. Everyone um, keeps voting to keep the book club alive, so it has continued on all so this So it kind of sounds like my book club. Just like, <laughs> show up if you want to show up. It's just mostly yeah. to hang. I love it. Yeah, exactly. So the problem is that Cassie feels that the book club isn't very isn't picking very diverse choices, um, and she says I am not an assertive person. <laughs> so this is an interesting little conundrum mm -hmm. that we've got going on here. What do you think, Raylene? Well, I think that it's uh, firstly a valiant goal to try and diversify yep. your book club's reading. I think that's a cool thing that you did. Um, yep. And. The thing is, though, I don't think you can force it. If you had gone no. into this book club and the whole idea behind the book club was for everyone to diversify their reading or to like read more yep. diversely, then I think it would be good. But some people just don't want to read diversely. And that could be why you're having some like, not resistance, but sort of it sounds like things just kind of fell off. Like it was diverse for yeah. a little bit because there was a specific theme in mind. Um, I, think, I think you said it was the second round of the book club was diverse reads. And so... I feel like maybe that's just not something that a lot of people are looking for within your book club. And so maybe it's yeah. not something they naturally gravitate towards. So I'm thinking if you do want to kind of keep this up, maybe having more like themes, like everybody picks a book, obviously, but you can have- We are on the same page. Yeah, like I feel like I just coming up with agree. kind of a general idea, be like, hey guys, what if the next round was this? And it can be something kind of specific, um, but while yeah. still being like broad enough. So that might help open it up. Um, but I think beyond that, like you can't force people to- to pick no. diverse reads if that's what you're looking for. Like people are going to pick what they pick. And I think that yeah. you kind of just have to like be okay with it because like you mentioned, yeah. it's not homework and there are kind of were no rules at the beginning. And so I think trying to that's change that kind yeah, of you can't change the club. Exactly. You can't, can't change, change the club. club. It would change like the, the backbone of the club a little bit to try and like enforce rules on people. Um, so I yeah. think while you can make suggestions and do things to make it fun, um, you kind of have to, surrender control a little bit on that one unfortunately yeah That's i'm really with you yet again really we're on the same page oh, on this one because <laughs> i think again cassie i really get why you're trying to do this totally. and i think it's a good goal i think it's an awesome goal but i i just really don't think that it 
you can force other people to read what you want to read. Reading so personal. And I also think a lot of people don't read that much. You know, they read a it's couple true. books a year. Yeah. And the books they want to read are books they've heard their friends are reading. And so if the if the diverse picks aren't coming up, they might not prioritize that as highly as you do, which mm -hmm. is a shame, right? Yeah. So I agree that it's an important goal, but I think that in this particular context, I don't think there's much that you can do because you have already tried. Like mm -hmm. you literally did do an attempt. You said for this next round, let's all pick, di pick diverse books. And I think that outside of that, nothing that you do is going to come off um, as like, as big, what else could you do? What else could you do other than be like, I think we should pick more diverse books. And everyone's like, yeah. And then they don't. And you're like, okay. Yeah. Well, we're not here to like all hate each other. So <laughs> it's just, like you said, it's not homework. So we're not going to fight about the book that we pick. Exactly. So like here we're it doesn't affect what yeah. you yeah. can read, Cassie, I guess is like exactly. the point we're getting at is you can still yeah. read as diversely as you want to. And maybe the one book that you read with your book club every exactly. month or two just doesn't quite fit into that but i think if you balance it yeah. out on your own end then you should be fine exactly oh, so my my suggestions my suggestions yeah. were number one there's a fun way to try and get the club to be more diverse mm. in a more specific way because i think by saying like let's be more diverse it's actually too broad yeah um there's so many ways to get out of that like just being like well it's diverse because i've never gone surfing <laughs> like like <laughs> yeah like, it okay that's not what i meant um but like if you do something more specific that's a little bit more fun that people can get a little bit more behind where it's like a book from a different country that's what I was or just thinking, yeah. right like there's all different ways of uh framing those prompts that will get people thinking more diversely mm -hmm. without like the broadness of oh my god I don't know what to pick. Yeah. Second thing I would say is leading by example like yes you can't influence what other people are picking for your book club but you can pick your book can be really Hell diverse yeah. and yeah. you can help show all these people who clearly don't have that broad of a range of authors that they're listening to and reading mm -hmm. you can be the person who's like check out this really cool new author and check out this really yeah. um neat book and the other thing i wanted to say is i think you need to ask yourself what is the point of this book club which is the same question we, i was thinking about with paula mm. right like with paula what is the point of the book club it was not the books actually it was the friends yeah yeah it sounds like with this club, it's a similar thing. It's actually not really about the books. It's about like staying connected with yeah, your middle showing school up and high and school friends. each other all the time. Having yeah. a nice time. And so I could see two things happening. Number one, maybe it's time for you to start a new book club. Hey, that like, was my idea start, too. <laughs> Do a little yeah, side book club you, is what I was thinking. Yeah, you started this book, book club. Why not start another one where the goal is to read really diversely? Like that is the... And because what what you're going to find is the people that sign up are as enthusiastic about that mission yeah. as you are yeah, exactly. which will make a world of difference as instead of you feeling like you're the odd man out wanting to prioritize this thing mm -hmm. um but then the other thing is you might realize like oh i actually don't want to spend my time reading these books anymore even though i really like these friends i want to just spend time with these people for fun i don't need to base this around a book so maybe you just now that we're not in pandemic time you would just prioritize having more hangouts with these people mm -hmm. you don't attend the book club anymore because you would rather spend your time in a different book club yeah or even do like a netflix party movie night with the same people like you can still yeah. hang out digitally if like if it's hard to get everyone together physically yeah. then like that's a fun way to hang out with your friends as well so yeah just, just really I try think... exploring other things yeah 
I think it's a tricky spot, and I think that it was um, it was good of you to try and do it with your club. But if people aren't going to be receptive, really all you can do is either go with the flow or be like, actually, what I really want to prioritize is something different. And so go start a different club, join a different club, find a cool club. But I like what you said, Raylene. Like, just what this one club is reading every month is not going to affect the rest of Cassie's reading. Like Cassie, you can be reading everything else that you read is really diverse or mm-hmm. whatever. Um, yeah. That's really in- an interesting little conundrum, but thank you for bringing it to us. Yeah. Now let's move over. Oh boy. To <laughs> Olivia, who is in a little bit of a crisis. Hello, Ariel and Raylene. So what would you do if you had a favorite book? You lent this book to your one of your best friends at the time for many reasons, but one of the reasons being that they also love to annotate and you love swapping books back and forth with people you love and seeing their annotations on top of yours. And you lent this book to a friend. They then proceeded to lose it for many years. And within that time, your friendship also weakened and was compounded by resentment and disappointment. And they finally returned the book to you and their annotations all are all over the place and you kind of wish they weren't there. And you feel like there's so many of them and you feel like you can't actually read the story now and enjoy it as your own experience because you are seeing and hearing their experience. I don't know if there's a cut and dry solution to this psychological book problem, but that's what I got for you. Thank you for listening. So, Olivia. (laughs) I like that Olivia's like, this is a psychological book problem. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's dark stuff. We're going into the recesses of Olivia's mind here. Um... I also love the way that Olivia framed this question. Like, what would you do if you had a favorite book and you lent it to your buddy and uh, you loved And I was like, wow, I'm such a different person. I can't believe I lent a book to someone. <laughs> Who am I? What am I doing? The, then the friend loses it for many years. Then the friendship falls apart, compounded by resentment and disappointment. Love that line. Then when they return the book with the annotations, the annotations are all over the place. You wish they weren't there and you can't read it and join it anymore because the annotations are like an ever-present uh, reminder of that person. Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah. What do you think, Raylene? I mean, this is just uh, what I would do. You gotta yeah. get rid of the book and buy a new yeah. copy. That, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. And I know that that, like, it depends on how many of these books this has happened to. If it's just, like, one book, mm. then it's easy. But I, I don't know. It's hard to say, like, has this happened many times before where you now have right. this collection of favorite books that are all messed up. But I still, I think <laughs> what you can do is try and find used copies of these that were, are not oh. annotated but are going to be cheap. That's what I'm thinking. Like, if you're rebuying books, I know rebuying books sucks. Like, it, it feels so counterproductive yeah. because you're like, I already own it. Why would I spend more money on it? But yeah, anytime we have a question where someone says something is stressing them out or it's bringing them some kind of pain or distress, it's true. The key is to get rid of that thing. Whatever the thing is yep. that's causing the distress, I think the easiest way to get past it is to just get rid of it because those annotations are never going to go away unless you want to go in and like, white out every single one which is just crazy <laughs> like that's that's worse i think than just buying a new copy yeah. um because yeah i think if it's not making you happy to see those see those words there from a person you don't want to be like interacting with in your brain anymore i think that's the only way i don't know what do you think yeah well yet again i think we're on the same page on this <laughs> one for me i see this as a classic fix or delete scenario Ooh, yes. and i believe i've explained 
explained my life philosophy on mm-hmm. here before, but I will retell it for those who haven't heard it. So yeah. basically, when I was a teenager, I got my room would get messy all of the time. And I would have like a couple times a year, it just got so messy, not dirty, but just like disorganized that my mom would help me clean it up. She's like, okay, let's just get, let's sort this situation out. Mm. So I was one time we were clean, tidying my room and putting things away. And she picked up a pair of headphones and she was like, you never wear these headphones. Why, why don't you wear these headphones? And she was like, I was like, yeah, they broke. <laughs> Damn. She was like, okay, why do you still have them then? Right? Yeah. Like, why haven't you thrown them away? I was like, well, I just feel bad. I feel I feel bad. Mm-hmm. I feel guilty because I feel uh, they I hadn't had them for very long. They were cool. I remember they were like a cool teal color. Um, they were cool and they're broken now and I feel bad about it. She's like, so you're just keeping it as a reminder of how bad it makes you feel. And I was like, well, when you put it that way, it sounds insane. <laughs> yeah. and, and she's like, can you fix them? I'm like, no, like it's not a fix. It's like something went wrong with the wiring or something. Mm-hmm. And she was like, you need to throw them away. I, and, and in that moment... <laughs> I had this deep clarity, you guys, that <laughs> there often comes a time in your life where you're at a crossroads and you, the only thing that you can do is either fix the situation or delete the situation. Mm-hmm. Those are actually the only two options. And you have to be really honest with yourself about whether or not you can actually fix it. Yeah. Because sometimes you're like, I'll fix that later. I'll fix that later. But if it grows to a point where you're like, actually, it's been months or years or whatever, mm-hmm. and you can't fix this, or it will be too expensive to fix it, or it's too time consuming yeah. or too emotional. Those are all valid things. Like if it's too difficult to fix it, then you have to delete it. Like literally that's it. That's there's no yeah. other option. That's it. That's the only one. And so in this case, I'm like, just like you've said, Raylene, there's no way to fix it. There's just yeah. no way to fix it. I, maybe some other person would advise you to like re fix this friendship and connect with this person. <laughs> yeah. And maybe this book can actually bring you back together. But I'm like, nah, probably not. They, <laughs> it sounds like they didn't care about your book. They didn't respect you. They didn't send it back no. on time. I don't The few things I know about this person, I'm like, forget them. They ruined your book. And I hate that. But you're allowed to start over and start fresh. Yeah. So if it was me, I would be choosing the delete option. There's no way to fix it. So just put the book in a tiny free library say a little prayer, walk away. (laughs) And then what I would do, because you said it was one of your favorite books, what I would do is I would either wait like a year before Mm. I reread it, just like give it some time to become a new thing for you. Or I would listen to it in a new way. Like if you've, or read it in a new way. Like if you haven't ever listened to it as an audiobook, I might do that. Like Mm. as a way to have a new experience with the book. Or... Find a really cool edition that's different from your edition. Yeah, that's good, yeah. So kind of just carve a new little relationship out with this book. I actually, I just thought about this. I had, (laughs) I had a book that was given to me by someone. Okay. I then had a really terrible falling out with this person. Mm -hmm. Like it just was one of the worst interpersonal scenarios (laughs) I was ever in. Okay. But I loved that book. Yeah. Like, I, it was a, such a good book. But every time that I saw the book, I yeah. thought about that person and I thought about that really horrible thing that happened and I just hated it. Yeah. And so instead of any joy, which is what your belongings should bring you, your belongings should bring you either joy or utility, if hopefully both, but at least joy or at least utility. Yeah. 
it wasn't doing anything. It was like it was just sitting there making me feel bad. And yeah. I remember That's one awful. day I was like, why do I have this book? I don't need to make myself feel bad about this. And I got rid of it and I sold it. Then a couple years later, I was like, I want that book. And so I bought a different edition of it. And that book no longer makes me think about it's that It's a totally other different book. Yeah. It's a totally different book with a different edition and a different vibe and a different memory. So and they didn't um, give it to you. So you have they no... didn't give it to me. They never touched totally it. And separate, so I feel, yeah. I feel like you could really do that where you like, um, I feel like you could really have this situation where you like even made a little moment out of it where you're like, okay, today is the day where I'm going to do the giving away ceremony. And you go to a tiny free library <laughs> and like, like I said, like donate it, say a word. <laughs> burn some sage walk away <laughs> and then a year later or a month later or whatever like take yourself out to a museum you've never been to and buy that book and then it will have like a happy attachment mm, to it yeah, make a new um, memory make a new memory with a new edition or order it online and the first time you start reading it again go to your favorite cafe or something like that that can repackage the whole thing in a fun new way yeah um i love that i also wanted yeah. to say for getting rid of the book another option is um, I've noticed, a, like, I think it might be on our Discord or Patreon potentially, but pe I've mm. seen multiple people asking, like, where can I get books that are annotated? Like, some people are specifically looking oh, for yeah, annotated yeah, yeah. books. Totally, so it might totally. be worth, like, reaching out to some people in, in our Discord chat or, like, in the YouTube comments or something and just see if there's anybody looking for annotated that copies. Book. And maybe you yeah. can give it to someone who actually specifically wants that. And it could be, like, an interesting cool. addition because it's got this weird you know, weird history. So I don't know if you're willing to like give it away to someone specific, that might be another kind of fun way to pass it along. So you feel like it's really interesting, you know, giving something good to someone else. That's really cool. I really like that. I guess another idea I didn't think of until you said that, but you could totally like, if you have a new friend or a new partner or someone that you really love and would love to read this book with, you could annotate it with them and just like have yeah. a new friend memory with yeah, a newly book. annotated copy. I also think if you wanted to, you could just give this whole book a break for a while, <laughs> return to it in five years. Like maybe you, there are often times where the solution is to just like just not think about it for yeah. a while. <laughs> yeah. That's true. All right. You know what? That was good. I liked that. One. That was interesting. <laughs> yeah. That was very interesting. All right. Next up, we've got Nicole, whose job is books. Hi, Raylene and Ariel. My name's Nicole and my job is books. I'm a librarian and I love my job. I really, really do. I get to work on fun projects and help my community and talk about books with people. Like, I get paid to do this. It's great. And I've loved reading for as long as I can remember. So building a career around books seemed like a good idea at the time. However, that spark for reading has dimmed because I'm doing a lot of required reading for book clubs and other events for work. So I'm wondering, how do I find and keep up that excitement and love for books and reading when it's tied directly to my job, when it starts to feel like a chore rather than something fun and relaxing? Is a job change worth it? I don't know. Any advice is appreciated. This is an interesting little problem we got mm. on our hands, yeah. Nicole. A scary problem. Okay. <laughs> Nicole is a librarian. Nicole loves her job. Nicole feels that the spark for reading has died. Nicole wants to hear our advice on how she may keep the love alive. And then at the end, she just texts on, is a job change worth it? <laughs> I know, that was dramatic. I <laughs> I played this clip for Connor because um, we were doing, we were having lunch and I was like, oh, I still have two of these I have to prep for. Mm -hmm. Let's listen to them. So we listened to this one and Connor was like, well, first of all, 
she should not change her job. I was like, <laughs> right? And he's like, being a librarian is a wonderful job. I was like, it really is. And Connor was a library technician, worked in libraries for a long time. So he, I feel like he's a, a, a voice of authority on yes, that matter. Yes. <laughs> um, and because of that job, I met a lot of librarians. Mm. I think that being a librarian is a really beautiful job. Um, there's a lot of different contexts in which you can be a librarian, but like, it's a really good job. So I th And you said you love your job. So forget changing your job. We can fix this in different ways. Um, what do you think, really? And how do you think that she can keep her love alive? I mean, it's tough because you kind of mentioned <laughs> having lots of like, you know, a lot of reading that is like tied to work. That kind of yep, sounds yep, like you yep. can't like stop or you can't like get away yeah. from a little bit. And um, that kind of scared me a little. It Because uh, back when I was still like young and, you know, trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life, I really thought it would be fun to get into like the book publishing industry and like be an editor or something. But then yeah, the more yeah, I yeah. thought about it, I was like, if my whole job is reading, will I still like reading? And that idea scared me enough that I didn't even pursue it any further. Like I was just yeah. like, you know what? I don't think it's right for me. But the fact that you've done it, like you you can handle it clearly that's why you're a librarian and like you you've got this so i just want to start by saying you've got this nicole i think i think you can handle it but i'm just wondering if there is a way to like dial back some of the work related reading um because yeah i don't really know like as a i've never been a librarian so i don't know what how much is involved but like there's got I'm, you yeah, did it mention really book clubs as well. Kind of librarian. Yeah, you yeah, also mentioned book clubs, so I'm wondering if there's a way to maybe cut something out, like cut out one little area of that, so that you have more time for your own reading. Like, yeah, I think if there's a way to balance out the work and the personal reading, that's that's really the key. I think mm -hmm. is finding some way to just balance it out because you love recommending books to people. You said that, right. so obviously reading is something you still love and enjoy, but. Yeah, I don't, I don't really know. This one kind of bamboozled me a little bit, honestly. <laughs> it is. It's a big one. It's a big one. Okay. What, well, what I wrote down was bullet point number one. It's not going to get better job-wise. Mm. <laughs> like, if you already love this job, I don't think there's going to be a better job waiting for you out there. Um, so I was like, we're, we're moving on. You're keeping this job, Nicole. <laughs> I said, I wrote, could you possibly at work suggest programming that could make you super jazzed so again this really depends on what kind of librarian mm -hmm. you are what kind of a situation you're in like i know a librarian who she's retired now but she was a um a, a science engineer a science and engineering librarian like an, oh. all of the books that she took care of were all science engineering and medicine based or whatever so she wasn't reading those books like she you know what i mean she just yeah. like happened to run this library of those books for students and stuff. So obviously it depends what kind of librarian you are, but if there's a way that you could suggest programming, like could you host a book club, but is all books that you really want to be reading? Right. Or is there like a staff picks section at your library that like you could be influencing? Like that might be fun. Mm. So maybe if, if there's a way that you can like insert some of your more personal reading at work so that you can kind of make it work. That's how I get away with everything. Yeah. <laughs> like my entire life is like, how do I make this count as work? Like with the mini truck. Yeah. I'm like, if I make videos about it, now it's my job. There you go. <laughs> and so now I can do this because now I can afford to do it. Um, but then I was thinking, maybe there is no way to make this 
work at work. Yeah. So can you read in a way that really differentiates it from work? So for example, like find somewhere outside in nature, because I'm assuming you work inside of a library. Mm -hmm. So outside in a park would be really different or by the beach or somewhere really different from your job. Um, or I, I wrote, or at a cocktail bar, like make it fancy and cute and intentional. And I was like, I know that that's weird, but clearly what you need is the, a really big difference between your work reading and your life reading. Yeah. And so if you set these up as little dates with yourself and you're like, no, I, I, it's important to me that once a week I go to the beach and I sit there and I read and it's my own moment outside of work and it has nothing to work. Maybe that would, um would help i wrote what do you love about reading and what is it that you actually miss mm. because i feel like i actually when you said when i listened back to the message i was like i'm not exactly sure what it is. the love of reading i was like what do you exactly <laughs> mean by that mm, because yeah. if what you mean is like I, you really miss wanting to read a lot yeah i have a theory <laughs> that this really goes in waves like you, there are periods of your life where you're like more into reading than other periods and you might just be in a really busy work period of your life and as adults it's so much harder to find the time to read than it was when we were teenagers or oh in God, yeah. university right so you might just be in that wave and you can just like accept that and accepting it for me makes it so much easier i'm like yeah i'm not in a reading time of my life but that's okay i'll get back to it later like remove the pressure but what else could it be that you miss about reading like is it going to bookshops is it bookish friends is it like what is the actual thing that you miss is it just spending time reading things that aren't for work because again then you could just like nail that down and be like oh okay that's the thing that i miss and so that's the thing that i have to prioritize yeah um but my final suggestion okay and I actually think this is the most important one. And I'm realizing it's gotten really dark here because I moved this curtain here a minute ago and now <laughs> left, right, and center. Here we go. Oh, there we go. More light, more light. Life is good again. My final suggestion, maybe it's time to create a niche in your life that has absolutely nothing to do with books because mm. it kind of sounds to me like you're like me or you're like Raylene, where when we were teenagers, our entire lives were about reading. And then we became adults and our entire lives were about reading. For Raylene, it was literally working at a bookshop. Yeah. For me, it was doing an English degree. Like we were both just like our entire lives are reading. Then when it, reading becomes stressful because ugh, working at a bookshop is stressful or ugh, having, doing an English degree mm -hmm. is stressful. Now it's kind of ruining your, your fun thing as well. Yeah. So... If you just commit hard into something else, you can escape to something else. And maybe it's maybe right now is a time in your life when reading is a work thing. Um, and so I wrote, so now you need to join a circus group or a bowling <laughs> league or try and train for a triathlon so that you have more variety. And then maybe it'll make books at the library feel a bit more fresh again, because if everything in your life is about reading and books, it can be a little exhausting and I can see how that would dry up a little bit. Mm -hmm. So maybe actually the solution to this problem is 
re-diverting your attention to a new hobby or activity. Yeah, because I also feel so that like... that when you are reading, it feels special. I was just going to say, yeah, because, like, make make yourself miss reading, maybe, a little bit. Like, yeah, take, exactly. Because take, exactly. if all you do is one activity, you almost, like, don't get excited for it anymore because it doesn't feel special. It's sort of like, yeah. imagine you used to, like, eat out for every single meal, and then you suddenly... Yeah only eat out once a month or something that will feel extra special when you go out and do yeah, that because totally. you've you know you diverted your attention or whatever you said so yeah yeah totally. i think that's i think that's smart i think yeah finding other hobbies is i mean and i agree because that's what i've been doing this year finding other yeah. hobbies and like using your time in different ways it really does make me like when i do sit down to read it feels special like it feels like an event it's yeah. not just like something that i yeah. do every day like oh yeah i read every day like right you know i spend my 15 minutes or whatever now it's like no like it's more of like i'm more intentional about what i'm reading yeah. and it's exactly it's nice it's kind of eye-opening actually to just be like yeah wait i only have an hour to read like the whole week i'm gonna make it worth it you know exactly no that's exactly what i mean so i actually was like i think my advice is to become a pro league bowler <laughs> because yeah. then when you come home exhausted from bowling you're like hey i have 15 minutes i can read right now this is gonna be so nice it's gonna make you appreciate it so much more um and just i think a balance in life is good like if your job is about books your hobby is about books your like other hobbies writing books like if everything is the same it can become exhausting and then when one thing becomes too much because they're so intertwined intertwingled as i like to say <laughs> they all become really stressful so you need another outlet um for me recently that's been like playing piano i've Ooh. been taking piano lessons again which is really fun and it's just this completely unrelated thing in my life mm -hmm. because reading is, I have a really interesting, so it's sort of similar to what you're saying, Nicole with reading. I, uh, well, reading is my job in some ways because of this podcast. Yeah, like, if I don't read, I'm like, God damn it. What am I going to talk about on the podcast? And so I get, I actually get stressed and that, that stress causes me to read, but then it can be like a little bit of a negative moment. Yeah. It's Not usually, but sometimes. And, um, so because of that, I'm like, I'm going to play piano. I'm just going to take a break and go do something else. I don't need to always be doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. um, so there you go. Thank you, Nicole, for your problem. We hope that we helped. We're going to move on to our last one here, which is from Haley. Hello, Ariel and Raylene. So I really wanted to give you guys a bookish problem, but honestly, I just couldn't think of any. But what I did think of is a, another possible segment that you could do called Bookish Pet Peeves. And my bookish pet peeve is when there are like poetry quotes, like at the start of a book or at the start of a chapter, I just find, I don't know why, they just always really annoy me and they always seem like slightly irrelevant. Like there's so few times where like it actually works, where it sort of like really ties in with the book or with the chapter. And I always just find it really annoying and like skip over them. Well, 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 Haley. <laughs> Haley hates an epigraph. <laughs> That's really funny to me. Um, okay, what do you think about Haley's pet peeve? What's your opinion on an epigraph? Let's let's discuss. I mean, I actually fully agree with Haley. <laughs> um, because for me, and this is just like uh, this is just a personal thing, but I, I what I yeah. this made me realize is that I yeah. like when like writing is simple i think i like it when writing is dialed back i like i don't like it when things are there seemingly for no reason and i feel mm, like mm -hmm. to me that's what an epigraph feels like it's like okay 
you just wanted to like be fancy so you put a line from this poem mm. there i don't know and sometimes i'm like obviously sometimes they like thematically make sense or whatever maybe it's just like something that really meant something to the author so like it's a beautiful thing sure but like did i need to see it is it gonna help mm. me with my enjoyment of this book it yeah. never does for me personally like to me it's just like mm. in one ear and out the other like it's just not something i need <laughs> <laughs> what about you i completely disagree with you and Haley. i figured i figured <laughs> So here's the thing. What's funny is most of the epigraphs I read, I don't like, mm. but I, it's never made me dislike the concept of an epigraph. Right. Like I, I don't read it and think oh, another person wanted to use an epigraph. No, I'm like, okay, let's see. Let's give it a shot. And I read it. I'm like, that wasn't very good. Why'd you pick those? I don't get why you picked those at all. <laughs> um, I hate, I don't like, I, do, I will say, I don't like it when someone picks like four epigraphs. That really I'm like, bothers me. <laughs> I'm like, dude, I mean, come on. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> Even two seems crazy to me. I'm like, what? You couldn't pick? Okay. Well, like, I guess to backpack on this too, like, how do you feel about it being at the beginning of every chapter? Because there are some books that have like a true. quote or something true. at the beginning of every chapter. And I think that that's true. pretty insane. I think that's a little wild. Yeah. I think that you've got to have some really good reasoning for that doing something mm. like that because otherwise I'm just like I don't even think that's in the spirit of an epigraph. Like yeah. I don't think so epigraphs have a really long history. We writers have been using them forever. They are not new. They are not like current writers being like I want to be fancy right now and mm -hmm. so I'm going to put a quote. It's like been a thing for hundreds of years. Um it's really a very interesting because the reason that I love epigraphs, like if I had to, to write it down, look, okay, I'll write down what, I'll read you what, <laughs> what I wrote because say? sometimes <laughs> what I wrote is so funny to me. I wrote, epigraphs are beautiful proof that literature is a giant web of influence. When an author uses an epigraph, they're saying, look at the other people who are feeling the thing I'm feeling. They put it well and I want to put it a different way too. Like okay. that's to me what an epigraph is. And one of the really cool things about one of the cool things about them is that they are like the author acknowledging that they're not writing in a void. It's about context. Like mm. every time I see an epigraph, I'm like, yeah, this book isn't just its own book. This is a book that exists because of every book that the author's ever read. Mm -hmm. And it's a book that, is I'm going to interpret in a certain way because of every book that I've ever read. Like it's a, it's in, in a lot of ways, it's like a giant cosmic conversation. All books are having with all books. And the acknowledgement of that I think is so neat. Mm. It's so neat for an author to say, I read this book and it really mattered to me. And I want to add to that conversation. Yeah. Right. Um, I found some really great uh, epigraphs that I wanted to share. Okay. So, this one, because also it's it's interesting to me when people do things a little different mm -hmm. or a little interesting mm -hmm. or whatever. But okay, the epigraph to To Kill a Mockingbird by Harper Lee is a quote by Charles Lamb that says, lawyers, I suppose, were children once. Oh, see, that's, that's good. 
That's good. That's unbelievable. Yeah. That's the whole book. That's yeah. the whole Just book. That's so good. <laughs> Holy crap. It's so good. Okay. Um, in John Green's The Fault in Our Stars, the epigraph is from An Imperial Affliction, the fake mm. book See, that's in fun. The Fault like in Our Stars. Too. I'm like, that is really interesting. Like, you're that's world building. Similarly, I didn't realize from uh, F. Scott Fitzgerald's In The Great Gatsby, the, it has a title page with a poem from um, signed by Thomas Park Dinvilliers, who's a character in this side of paradise. Oh, so he's quoting one of his own characters from a different book. See, that's so kind of cool. Real... I like I like it when people do interesting things with it. Like I was actually thinking, um, I can't remember if it's actually like quotes from a text within the books, but in Mistborn, at the beginning of each chapter, there's kind of like a section hmm. that's kind of not the main story it's just kind of like you don't know who's yeah. talking but it's like these kind of fragments um that seem right. they're like from another thing of some kind and that's kind of interesting because you're like oh what's going on there like i like that because yeah. it's connected to the story and it yeah, all yeah, is yeah. like self-contained i don't know i just like it when it's connected i guess if it's not con- if it doesn't totally. seem connected immediately it's kind of like why yeah. is that there it just seems yeah pointless but the ones that you're listing are, are very good you're proving because and so that's what I mean. Obviously, you can be better or worse yes, at doing yes. epigraphs. I think I okay. I also think that they're sort of like a soundtrack. Like they set a mood in a way mm-hmm. where I'm sort of like, like imagine if an artist. Okay, this is kind of a crazy idea, but imagine if like you got a new album from Lord, and it started with a song by another artist, like one of her favorite songs. Yeah, like. That would be really interesting and odd, actually. Yeah. But you'd be like, oh, so this is like what she's pulling from. Like, this is the world that she's inhabiting Mm -hmm. and she's admitting um, that she is pulling from. Or like an overture when movies used to start with an overture and like a a song at the beginning of the movie and with all the credits and then the movie starts. It's like you've already set the tone and the vibe. Is this going to be a showy thing? Is this going to be a depressing thing? Mm -hmm. It's like it sets the tone in a really cool way that I think is neat. You just said something, though, that I think is really interesting, where you're like, if you read it and you don't instantly get what the hell is going on, you're like, what was this? What was the point of this? I have a challenge for Haley. I wrote this down. I'm sorry, Haley. I'm giving you homework. (laughs) I think that what you need to do is read the epigraph. Don't worry about the context. Mm -hmm. Don't worry about, like, if you know the poem. Don't look up the poem. It's fine. Just read the epigraph and say to yourself okay, what do I think that this author wants me to think about this? Like, why mm. did they put this here? And be like, uh, maybe this book is about a grief. Hmm, I don't know. Yeah. Forget about it. Read the book. And then come back go back and reread the epigraph. Because what you just said, really, where it doesn't make sense to you, I think is real. Yeah. But I think often you can't know it until you've read yeah, the book. That's fair. And so it's actually kind of fun. I think that's fun. <laughs> I think it's kind of cool to be like, Similar to like a cover, which we talk about often because we really like cover and book design. Mm -hmm. When you like pick up a book, you're like, okay, (laughs) the book that I have next to me is The Hobbit right now. So I pick up The Hobbit and I'm like, okay, we've got a dragon and a pile of gold. And I'm like, what do I think that means? Well, probably there's a dragon in this book. But then once you read the book and you go back, you're like, okay, why of all the characters did they depict Smaug on the cover? Mm -hmm. Now I have the knowledge to go back and like, make sense of the cover yeah i think stuff like that's really really fun and cool so it just adds like a little element to a book why not huh 
have some fun. That was great. Have some pomp and circumstance. <laughs> well, that was um, a, that was a good I, explanation for it. <laughs> I I also yeah I guess the final thing I'll say is I kind of respect it because I'm a little bit like you know, it's like when you start a movie and there's the like produced by and then it, it fades mm-hmm. out in association with <laughs> fade zone you're like damn they're really building this thing up yeah i'm like you know what you deserve it build it up baby yeah, do whatever you want it's your book um well yes it's to kind book. of backpack on Haley's confession which was a pet peeve we have both come prepared with our own bookish pet peeves Ooh. correct um so um i'll just dive into mine because mine yes, is please. kind of related in a way like i mentioned i don't like things that are um I don't know, just extra, like fluffy, Mm -hmm. don't need to be there is kind of the vibe. And so um, how I translated that into my own pet peeve is when authors describe things way too much. And that can go for like (laughs) characters or items or like the setting. And I I just got me thinking about it. And I was like, yeah, I actually really dislike that. Like when, uh, say an author is introducing you to a character and they're like, okay, so they have brown hair. And you're like, okay, great. I've got my own image. But then they're like, oh, and this is the shape of their eyes. And this is what their nose looks like. And this is what their mouth does. (laughs) And I'm like, I don't need to know exactly what they look like. It's just a made up character in my head. I like to kind of have my own vision that I can just like plop onto a person. And when they keep telling me like all these specific details, I'm like, ah, this isn't a visual medium. Like I don't need to have that much detail. Mm, That's 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 just for me a pet peeve. And I feel like it takes me out of the story too much where it's like okay i get it <laughs> that guy has you know a crooked smile or whatever and it's just like <laughs> i just don't need to hear it i don't need to hear Such it so many times and i feel the same way for like setting like i when i read a book i for some reason i always am able to like kind of picture like if say they're describing a house or like they're just like okay this is our house and you know give very basic details and i immediately have an yeah. image in my head like i'll i'll imprint on like a house that I've been in before or something. And I'm like, suddenly I'm there. And so the more details I get, the more it like confuses me almost. Cause I'm like, oh, that doesn't look like what the house looks like in my head. And (laughs) it's just like, I do know what you mean. You know what I mean? I know what you mean. I do. Yeah. Like I, I, I feel like I'm very good at like visualizing things for myself. And so when uh, the author's trying to make me visualize something, it it takes me out of it a little bit. And so that's why I, I don't know. I just like simple writing. I don't like too much description because it also just, I like plot, so I feel like that takes me away from, like, the actual story mm-hmm. that's happening. Like, I don't yeah. need pages and pages telling me about what the dirt looks like or whatever. <laughs> that's my pet peeve. The dirt, the dirt was in the shape of my coffee grounds. <laughs> it reminded me of the mud I stepped in on Yeah, like, maybe this is why like, I don't like poetry. Yeah. I feel like that's a very, like, poetry type of vibe. The whole point of poetry is just to describe. Exactly, and I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I hate that. You're right. <laughs> I really don't like that. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, okay, the bookish pet peeve. I feel like I've talked about this before, but I couldn't quite remember. And and it really is. I really hate it. <laughs> it's just when authors don't use quotation marks. Ugh, yeah. I don't get it. <laughs> I'm, it's not, that's not true. I do get it. I get it. And that's what bothers me because I get what you're trying to do. And it's so clear to me. And mm. I'm like, it's just... <laughs> You're like I'm. You're trying to muddy the line between the real and the fake, mm. and the dialogue, and the thought, and the feeling, and what's said. I'm like, I get it, but it's unclear to me. And so it's yeah. sort of similar to what you're saying, where it's like you're trying to do an artistic thing, mm. but what you're actually doing is confusing me. Yeah. And I'm like reading something. I'm like, wait, did they say that or did they not? And I backtrack and I have to read it again. I'm like, I can't tell. And I keep going. I'm it almost like, makes Who you work that? too hard. You know, it's like 
it's, it's like instead of flow yeah yeah i agree it, it removes a lot of the flow that i think is nice about reading where you're like okay i'm trying to you know you and i say stuff well this sometimes when we read books we're like it was very readable mm. and it's like these authors whose writing style somehow is able to just breeze and you're just able to push through it yeah. in a way that is not actually difficult but then there's sometimes where i read i'm reading someone and, and i find this especially happens when they don't use quotation yeah. marks and i'm like I can't tell who's talking. I can't tell who said what. And I just find it frustrating. I don't find mm -hmm. it enjoyable. And, and people are like, no, but you like get lost in it. And it's all like one big text. And I'm like, no, it's just frustrating. I want to know. I yeah. want to understand. And I'm like, quotation marks. This is another little pet peeve of mine <laughs> is when people say quote instead of quotation Ooh, the yeah. noun versus the verb but on the <laughs> that's just an annoying <laughs> me thing but uh with quotation marks it's a tool like why would you ditch a period why yeah. would you ditch uh question marks or exclamation marks yeah i think we did might have talked about this because like one thing i love in spanish yes i love this too is that yeah is that exclamation marks and question marks come at the end of the sentence like in english but they also come at the beginning of the sentence mm -hmm. upside down and so from the beginning to the end of the sentence, you know that this is being exclaimed. You mm -hmm. know that this is being questioned. I'm like, it's so clear. And that's the point of writing, in my opinion, right? Um, the point of writing is to interpret language so that the reader is understanding exactly what you're saying. Mm -hmm. And so I love that we get to use these tools, these grammatical tools to make that message really clear. And so when you then you're like, ah, fuck it. I'm ditching these quotation marks. And then I'm like, okay, but you just removed one of those epic tools we have now i don't know who's saying what i'm confused i'm not i'm like not enjoying it as much oh i don't like it i love and how I you just called quotation marks epic tools that is so aerial they are <laughs> <laughs> oh man i know and like the problem is um probably the what you know one of the t biggest authors of our current moment sally rooney mm, i was thinking about her too. doesn't use quotation marks and everyone loves sally rooney and i'm like i want to get behind sally rooney so hard she seems so cool and interesting and her themes are interesting but every time i read her books i'm just like what could happening? you maybe have spared me one oh it's <laughs> just tricky. one quotation mark it's just one quotation mark please you know in in spanish it's interesting they don't use quotation marks mm. But they use dashes. Oh, that's fun. French is kind of similar so to that, still... too. They use, like, the yes. brackets, like, the, whatever these kind of yeah. brackets are called. What are those called? Yeah, the angle brackets. <laughs> yeah. Or the, I don't know. Yeah. It's, like, two yeah, of those see, on each side. It looks but very But it's dramatic. the same thing. You know who, that someone is talking. Yeah. And, and once you figure out that system of tools, you understand what's going on. Well, there you go. Haley, I hope that you enjoyed our pain. We've laid it all out on the line. <laughs> and thank you to all of our wonderful patrons for submitting reading confessions. Mm -hmm. If you would like to submit a reading confession, currently there we're just keeping it for our patrons simply to help with our flow of questions. Because yeah. in the past, we used to do uh, reading requests. Like people would ask us for book requests and we literally got thousands of them and we were so overwhelmed and yeah. we were like we can't respond to these so we're like just for now we're going to keep it to patreon in the future that might change but for now if you wanted to give a suggestion you can do that through patreon yep. um and we're always so grateful to our all of our patrons because they make it so that this is all free for everyone mm -hmm. and we don't have to do ads yeah 
which is the best. <laughs> so thank you so much to our patrons. Thanks to everyone who's ever submitted one of those messages. Um, we're working our way through our, the list and we hope you enjoyed this episode. We're now going to go record an episode of the movie tub where we talk about the movies or shows we've been watching. Mm-hmm. And we'll, uh, yeah, that's also on the Patreon. Damn. <laughs> you should really sign up for the Patreon. It's pretty cool. Over um, there. <laughs> it's pretty cool. All right. See you soon. Will we have peach hair when they see us? <gasps> no, not yet. I think you get one more. One more episode and then it's peach. Yeah, you scared me for a second. Yeah, there's one more. One more. It's coming. (laughs) All right. Thank you guys so much. Bye. Bye.